This episode of Hattrick Hockey is brought to you by Clarou and Son. It's their 25th year anniversary, and this guy is a total beaut. He loved my dad just as much as I do, and uh, I just want to make sure that uh, he gets the shout out. So remember, people, if you want your roof done, call, call Clarou and Son. And what is going on, everybody? All you beauts and beauties out there, it is episode number 81 of Hat Trick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. This being episode number 81, it's the Marion Hosa edition of Hat Trick Hockey. He played 23 seasons in the NHL, 1,309 games, 525 goals, 609 assists, 1,134 points. He was a plus. 245 over his career, which is unheard of in the NHL. He's a WHL champion, Memorial Cup champion. He's a Slovak Cup champion, three-time Stanley Cup champion. And in 2021, he also entered the Hockey Hall of Fame. On that note, I'll bring in my boy, my line mate, Rob. Pretty eventful week, shall we say. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> pretty yeah, but, but how about jose what a fucking stud oh, what a machine too bad that one guy too rafi torres fucking rocked his world pretty much ended his career but yeah pretty crazy so it was rob's birthday the other day yeah rob. and uh matt pumples the day before mine oh was it fuck yeah. happy birthday to pumps too we didn't even fucking know that yeah I did. So what did, what <laughs> I, did you, I text him and wished him a happy birthday. So what, what did you do for your birthday? Oh, God, I got drunk. Yeah. Well, it's your expect- birthday. You're allowed to. I know, but I wasn't expecting to. It was a Tuesday during the week. And uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, planned, but I had some drinks with the Meg boys and uh, mm. just kind of got away from me. So yeah, it's your, it's your birthday. It's allowed. I know. <laughs> you're you trust me your your week's probably gone better than mine did well weekend slash start of the week shall we say um so obviously we were supposed to do a couple interviews and we couldn't we had to push stuff back because uh so what had happened was so friday zoe goes to childcare. zoe's one okay so she throws up there so they send her home which is understandable so zoe comes home and we don't think anything of it. She's one. Kids puke all the time, right? They mm-hmm. eat random stuff and just whatever. So, well, daycare is a cesspool for fucking well, yeah. colds so, and flus and shit, right? Yeah. So Zoe pukes. So they send her home. She comes home. She is her normal self. Okay, laughing, eating everything, running around the house. Nor- normal Zoe. Mm-hmm. So I'm with her all day Friday. Everything's fine. Friday, which was also. Ethan's birthday. So happy birthday to Ethan. He turned five. So happy birthday, E train. So Ethan's birthday, we did some couple things at home, cake, ice cream, stuff like that, yada yada. Well, his party was on Saturday. So we so party day rolls around on Saturday. And uh I'm fine all day. Fine all day. Go to call Sonny's, pick up the food with with uh with like Andy there came with me, right? So mm-hmm get back with everything, the food and everything. I start to eat all of a sudden I'm not feeling the best. So I'm like, ah, so knowing kind of everything that's going on around here lately and everything, I looked at stuff and I'm like, Hey, 
I'm going to split because like, I don't feel good. And I, I, I didn't want to get anybody sick. Right. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. So she's like, okay. And, uh, I didn't even get to see Ethan do his cake. Cause I bounced. Okay. Yeah. I seen him do his gifts and I was like, I gotta go. So I went all Saturday night into Sunday morning. I've never fucking puked so much in my entire life. Okay. Like it was, it was bad. Okay. I would, wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Okay. It was that fucking bad. So I'm puking everything. Just we're talking both ends. Okay. You ever sit on the shitter and puke in a pail? Sucks. Okay. I think, I think we're getting too deep in. No, but I'm just saying though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I get sucks, it. You're okay? sick. <laughs> so anyway, so I kind of start rolling around Sunday night. Ethan starts. So then now him, I get a text from my ex about an hour and a half after Ethan starts, Quinn started. Okay. So I'm like, here we fucking go. So I'm hoping it stops there. I get a text from Andy's wife, Jill. The boys are sick. So I'm like, what the fuck? Right. It's spreading like wildfire. So I'm like, I get a text the next day. Andy's sick. So me, I'm, I'm panicking now. Okay. Because people come to our party <laughs> to fucking celebrate Ethan and not get sick. And everybody's fucking getting sick. Okay. So yeah. obviously I feel fucking horrible. So I messaged Drew because Drew was there with his family. I'm like, Drew, is everything okay? I don't get a message out of Drew for like a day, day and a half. So I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, is everything okay? All he sends me, I hate you. <laughs> Drew got sick. Yeah. And now today I found out it went to Ma, like Steph's mom. So it yeah. fucking, everybody got sick, man. All from Zoe started this whole and no, it's not COVID. We all tested everything. Everybody's negative. It's not that. So it was a flu. The flu's still still here, people. Okay. Still exists, so, eh? So everybody's tested. Everybody's negative. But then, yeah, so Marty started today. So I'm like, man, like, I'm just, I just want it to stop. But all this started from little Zoe, who threw up only once. Yeah. And Zoe got it the least of all of us. She's the smallest of all of us. And Zoe had it the best of all of us. Everybody else was like so sick. So everybody's on the men now. Thank God. Yeah. Just an eventful week. So it's a good thing. I'm glad that's over with. I just started eating normal and stuff again. So that's good. So we took a couple of days off the show. So we apologize for, <laughs> for that people. Cause me and Rob were supposed to get some shit done and we just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. So moving on from that, seeing uh if you live in freaking canada and you haven't heard or talked about this uh you obviously live under a fucking rock as far as i'm concerned but there's a convoy right now of truckers going through canada and there's like they're saying now that they're like sixty thousand trucks deep it's crazy and and there's like some coming from the u.s and everybody's like they're not going to be like they can cross the border man they're here they're all they're expecting over a million people in ottawa by saturday well they're saying that they're going to start piling them up on the other side of the border too right yeah so and what's the part that's good is like they're they keep saying this is a peaceful protest this is a peaceful protest if they keep just doing what they're doing and they keep everything calm and collected and everything this is how you do this is how you get shit done and peacefully Mm. right 
So now Canada was kind of spread apart before. Now everybody's coming together because everybody's sick of the shit, right? Everybody's sick of the mandates. They're sick of fucking all the lockdowns. They're, they're sick of everything. So Canada's finally pushing back. And to be honest with you, I'm back to everything. I agree with what they're doing as long as they keep it peaceful. If they keep it peaceful, good on them. If yeah. they don't, well, then- the only thing I don't like is, uh, is them blowing horns all into the hours of the night. So the people all in that West end area, you know, they're listening to it. People got kids, people got, yeah, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't got to do that. You can see the protest. You yeah. don't got to hear the protest. Yeah. That you is- know, like you got to think of those families that live in that area. Like that really mm-hmm. sucks for them. Mm-hmm. But like, aren't like 80 something percent of all truckers vaccinated. Yeah. That's why when, when everybody it's more, it's more of a freedom thing. Yeah. Yeah, I see that because like every the, the people that are taking it the hardest are these, you know, restaurant business owners, these smaller restaurant business owners that, you know, this is what they live off of. Mm-hmm. And how many people have lost their businesses because of it now, mm-hmm. you know, but in, in think- all honesty, what Doug Ford's making a fortune off those stay away stickers, six yeah. feet stickers, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he owns part of that business. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So I don't know. Just what I say they do, it's running its course anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's doing what just fucking open it up. If a lot of us are vaccinated around here anyways, which they say we are, then why are we fucking closing shit? Right. Open it's going to be like a, you're going to have like flu-like symptoms. It's going to kick your ass yeah. for a couple of days and, and yeah. you move on. Yeah. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to go to the hospital. You're right. going to ride it out like a mild flu. That's what's going to happen. Like, did you see what was it, England? That they're all uh, they're getting rid of the masks. They're getting rid of everything. Yeah. yeah. No. No more. Yeah. The states. You get it. You, get it? you don't. You don't. Everybody around us is doing it, but us. Why? Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. So, and then people are like, "Oh, well, the hospitals are stressed out." Like, I literally just read an article before we came online that the hospital cases and all that shit. I'm sure they might still be pretty full up there. Don't like. I'm not saying they're not fucking doing it. Da da da. But cases are going down. Okay, so there's no reason why. So we'll see. Moving on from that, before we get into the hockey real quick, the NFL playoffs right now are just insane right now. Did you watch those games? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Who I'm pulling for, I don't care. I'm pulling for Matthew Stafford, man. I want to see him win so freaking bad. Just to turn around and say to all the Lions fans that hated him and me being a Lions fan, and I loved him, I have his jersey. Just to say, fuck you. He is a good quarterback. He just needed a team around him. If he wins a Super Bowl, the Lions should re- – this should hit a, a light with the Lions and say, hey, maybe if we would have put a good team around him, maybe that could have been us. I don't know. He had a pretty good team with when Calvin Johnson played with him. Not and it LA. wasn't just Calvin Johnson. Yeah. He, there, there was a few not LA good Rams receivers good. there. What's that? Not, L- not Rams good. No, no. But still never got him into the playoffs. That's what I mean. So good luck to Matthew Stafford. The Patrick Mahomes thing was nuts. Eh? He's down crazy down with like 13 seconds left to go. He's on their 25 comes back, yeah. gets him in the field goal range in two plays, <laughs> two plays, puts him in field goal range. They kick a field goal, tie it. This is what I don't. Okay. This is a big debate right now. I know everybody. Sorry that we're talking football before we get into hockey, but oh, well, tough shit. So, I don't like the overtime rule. No. Like, the, I understand, okay, flip to see who, who gets the ball first. But to me, each team should get a touch. Mm-hmm. Everybody, well, now those are the rules and da 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 You can't change. The, the NHL does it. 
Yeah, like you could you could have that for the regular season just to get the games over quicker. Exactly. But yeah. come the playoffs, yeah, I agree Boom. with each yes. each team gets a shot at the yes. or you just play one quarter. Yeah. See play another whoever quarter. has the most points at the end of the quarter right. wins. <laughs> yep. Like yep. and uh and they're like, well, well, they're like, well, what other sport does that? Hockey. Because yep. during the regular season they do a five minute overtime and then they do a shootout. But guess what? Right. Playoffs they do continuous 20 minute overtime, five on five. Mm-hmm. There's no reason the NFL can't fucking do it. Yep. They could change the rules. There was a Josh lot of Allen got fucking that. screwed, if you ask me. Josh Allen played a perfect game mm-hmm. for the Bills. He was fantastic. And he got fucked because of a coin toss. They make the coin toss too important. And that's what I don't like about it. You can yeah, lose so. a game. You can lose a game based on a fucking coin toss. That sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. It sucks, especially for Josh Allen. So I'd like to see the NFL change that. All right. Shall we get into the hockey now? Sure. All right, let's do it. So one of the big stories coming up uh, here right here is the Sabres goalie, Aaron Dell. So Senators forward, Drake Batherson, who's on an absolute heater right now, was voted into the all-star game, was going around the net. So Aaron Dell was going to play a puck like kind of around the net. He was kind of sliding it around the net for his guy on D there. So what he did is as he pushed the puck around, Drake came from the front of the net and Dell just like threw a pick, but like hit him. Obviously he meant to fucking do it. Okay. Sure he did. So he meant to throw a pick or whatever. He hits him. Batherson goes down, goes into the boards awkwardly, hurts his ankle out for a significant amount of time. They say, well, it looked like he spun his ankle, like 180. It looked degrees, like it just went and like, yeah. it was, yeah, it, it looked was like bad. it was like facing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Player safety steps in. Aaron Dell gets a three-game suspension, which rightfully so. He does does. I say three games is fair. Okay, three games is fair. So Brady uh, Kachuk is going to go to the All Star game. He's going to replace him at the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Here's a question I have for you, Rob. If this is 1985, do you think a fucking goalie's doing that? No. No, and he's not getting, but he's not getting a three-game suspension. Billy Smith, he would do something like that. Ron Hextall do something like that. But in, in, in all sense of uh, reality, you've got to protect yourself at all times, whether it's a goalie or not. Mm-hmm. You should be prepared. You know what I mean? To take a bump from somebody. Mm-hmm. You're in the NHL. Yeah, but do you expect it from a fucking goalie when you're trying to skate? When you're you're trying to avoid him. Yeah, I you know it. what I mean. You yep. want to know what I would have fucking done? If, that, if, or if I'm someone on the ice and that happened, someone does that to a guy that's leading your team and points going to the all-star game and shit like that. And you see that I would have skated straight in and I would have hit that goalie so hard. His helmet would have flew off. But so and we're in fighting that, <laughs> in that sense though, say he bumps him and he doesn't break his ankle or whatever he's done to his ankle, tore it up or high ankle sprain. And it's or probably whatever, a minor penalty, whatever he's got. Yeah. He's just got an interference penalty, but yeah. now that it's, so because of this, the injury, he's getting suspended. I would say yes. Right. So I, I think he should. If he would have just fell into the boards and, you know what I mean, hurt his ego or whatever, everything would have been honky yeah, donkey. And then they would have just had maybe a little scrap after it or something. Right. But, but I don't know, man. So I would almost like to see like, you know what? If goalies want to start being like that, to me, you come out of your crease to play the fucking puck. You should be like a six man. It's not going to happen though. 
I know it would be awesome though, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure it would. Like <laughs> but, like like years before you were for a I mean. game. Exactly. Yeah, you were you gonna get your head beat in by the team if yeah. you hit the goalie, right? That's the risk you take. So yeah. <laughs> and it's also a different different era, right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying I would like to see it come back. I know it sounds crazy and it will probably never happen, but it I'd won't. like to see it. Why not? It'd be fucking fan. It'd make it real interesting, wouldn't it? Well, you, you oh. put you put these stiff penalties on these goalies and, and they're not gonna do it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so, exactly. A three game suspension, that's that's huge. Three game suspension, you're playing for Buffalo, you're going to fucking Cabo for a week. Are you kidding me? Right. But this this <laughs> this guy could be out for months. Yeah. With a high ankle sprain, you know, and, like you're better off breaking your ankle instead of freaking spraining it. Sometimes, yeah. And it's it's not like the Sens are going to the playoffs or anything, you know what I mean? But still, it's mm-hmm. not the fucking point. That kid was gonna probably go into his first all-star game. Yep. Now yep. you fucking really sucks. That's bullshit. But Again, like Don Cherry always said, protect yourself at all times. That is true. It is hockey. Keep your fucking head up. But yeah, just sucks, man. Sucks for the kid. Well, you don't expect it being hit by a goalie, right? No. So um, another shitty incident. But like, when the fuck are we going to get this race shit out of the game? So there was an ECHL incident. We're, we're just going to hit on this real quick. So ECHL incident. It was involving Jordan Subban. There was an incident with Jacob. Uh, Panetta, I want to say is his name. So uh-huh. they got they got into a chirping match. I, I think it was I don't know if it was during the over. I think it was an it was an overtime game in the ECHL. I'm not sure what teams they play for. I didn't really look that up. I just looked more into the incident. Well, this kid made a fucking racial gesture towards Subban. What he kind of did is remember what Tom Wilson did in the box there after he was flicking around. What's his name? Flexed. He yeah. flexed. So. That's what, what he did, but they took it as if he was like. But then you can't call it a racial gesture. Well, th- I saw it. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I did. And it too. wasn't racial. I didn't think at all. No, but it was just horrible timing, I think. Yeah, because two days before, prior to that, something really bad happened also. Yeah. But did you see his interview? Like his, where he came out and. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He said, I Jacob, didn't mean to do that. I was trying to do. He was crying. He was yeah, crying yeah, that they I thought know. that he was that kind of guy. Like my parents never raised me like that. No, like yeah. he said the whole wheel and spiel. He's like, I was flexing on him just like a bodybuilder. He's like, if yeah. you've seen any of my fights, I do it just like Tom Wilson did it. Yeah. And and that's what these guys go off of. Yeah, that, when they see these NHL guys do shit like that, they want to do oh, that man. stuff too, right? Yeah. So they go and do something like that and it turns into a racial thing. Mm. And what about the guy that swings around the side and sucker punches him in the eye when the refs are holding him? Yeah, I've seen that. And too. he's like, this guy's saying, well... I thought he did something racial. That's why I freaked out, you know, like, but okay. But, but you went and sucker punched a guy in the eye. You could have shattered his eye socket. Like you seen the, the big old, oh, yeah. uh, well, to me, that guy should be fucking gone too. You're gone too. That guy should, you're gone too. Yeah, for sure. He should be gone, but they, they fired that kid and he's suspended for the year. Yeah. He kicked yeah, him off that not. team and he suspended for the year. I was just and this is all on just hearsay. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking sides on anybody's no because he said I never made any sounds or any gestures. All I did was flex on him. This is why they shouldn't make any fucking hand gestures or anything towards anybody. Just chirp the fuck out of somebody. And if you're gonna fight, fight. You know what I mean? Don't even let it be an issue. Yeah. Like you're it's you're, always gonna be an issue though. Yeah. But I the think, thing, personally. but the thing is though, is you're a pro. Act like it. Right. Fuck's sakes. 
you're, you're getting paid to play the game that you love and you have a chance to go up and play in the best league in the world. You're one step away from it. Fucking act yeah. like it. Yeah. But, but, but like, so I, I shoot you the bird and, and you're, and you say, Oh, you want to stick that up my butt? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could, you could interpret yeah. anything any way. Oh yeah. no, he's basically calling me gay yeah. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, Oh, I know it's, it's getting crazy, but man, just, right. just drop your gloves. <laughs> yeah. Just drop your gloves. But That's you know, like how many times you've seen, how many times you've seen guys blowing kisses at each other? Like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck you. I've blown you know I mean? like, at people. I've started, I started a brawl because I blew a kiss at a guy before he fucking like, <laughs> I, and I get it. I, I, like he said, he's gone through a lot of shit mm-hmm. being of, of, of that race. color. Like, yeah. And, and you know what? I get it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's going through, but I totally, imagine how upset you could be about it but you know like i i I don't know one of the things that it really hurts one of the things that really hurts is does it have to be in the the same week of willie o'ree yeah you know what i mean just horrible but that was a great thing done for him too right so i know but that was it's just horrible timing that they're trying to like celebrate men of color in the game of hockey this week or last week or whatever. And then this happens, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just kind of, it's just kind of shitty timing. It is, but uh, it's terrible for both of them because maybe he did, maybe he did make it seem like that. And, and Subban is have, has every right to be as pissed as he was and, and what went down, went down. But I, when I listened to that kid pour his guts out and, you know, like there was a couple of guys that interviewed some guys that he went to college with and they said, he is nothing like that. Yeah. So just maybe interpreted the wrong way, you know, like in the heat of the, and and he said that when he was arguing with him, he's like, Oh, you, you pussy. Every time you, you start getting all fired up, you wait till the refs get involved. Yeah. You know, so that pissed him off and then he's yeah. going away and then he flexes on him. And yeah. the next thing you know, it's, it's, All it's a racial thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was nuts, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes of it. But now we know he's a very sensitive subject, cut, right? Yeah. But now we know he's been cut by his team and can't play the rest of the year anyways, but we'll see. So last I would appeal point. that. I would appeal that. Yeah. I'm sure there's more camera views of it. You know what I'm I mean? Sure like there is. You want to know the only way to fucking solve this or get this shit out of the game as crazy as it sounds? Mike everybody. Well, they can put more mics around. Yeah. So, no, mic every single fucking player. It's the only way. To- no. Would you want that? I'd love it. I wear a mic. I wear a fucking helmet with a camera on it. You play fucking beer league. We're I talking about the NHL. I'd wear a mic. Why not? Because I want to say something to my partner that I don't want anybody to hear. Well, they're not fucking putting it out there, but for I'm stupid, fucking that guy up. Well, and that's and that's how, dude. That's hockey. That's that's a hockey right. conversation. But right. Dude, but then you go and smash that guy, and then the next thing you know, it would you be say, like, oh, you had intent. You said you would, were going to do it. It would be like like this on your phone. Okay, you not everybody hears your conversation, but if you do some stupid shit like that, is when it, the league's going to say, "Well, we got fucking footage of you saying it." Yeah. you know what i mean i, I don't know i i think i think you're getting it's getting way it'd too get, personal it would, it would get everybody real honest real fucking quick let's put it that way yeah um nathan mckinnon got absolutely rocked last night by taylor hall of the boston bruins mm-hmm. and everybody's like oh taylor hall dirty hit. it was a clean fucking hit 
shoulder down, skates on the ice. Boom, hit him. Clean hit, beautiful hit. Here's the problem. Nathan, when your stick's up like this <laughs> in the air, straight up in the air, and you're trying to dodge a hit, you should probably leave your stick at your side because what happens is when Hall made impact on the hit, it slammed his own stick into his face, and it split him wide. He was laying on the ice, leaking everywhere. And then... Did it split his forehead or I think nose it was or? his lip. It was between oh, his nose and his okay. lip. So he was split good. He was bleeding all over the place. Right. So then they start fucking going nuts and they're going after Hall for what? It was fucking. What's one of the things we say? What's one McKinnon of the things? is the best player in Colorado. That's yeah, why they're doing it. What's one of the first things you learn when you play hockey? Keep your fucking head up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he, mm-hmm. uh, he was in the trolley tracks. Yep. And, uh, Hall is a guy who's been Hall's a fuck a few few years ago hit a guy when he was playing with the Devils he hit a guy he knocked him out cold. Yeah, the guy was sleeping on the ice, man. Like when you know guys like that are on the he's ice, a solid man, kid, right? Yeah, you have to be aware when guys like that are on the ice. Yes, he's a goal scorer and everything, but he hits too. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a mini like freaking Ovi kind of like he'll hit, he'll score. He doesn't fight where the shit, but. Because they were trying to fight him. Like, if you're him there, do you just fight just to answer the bell and fucking get it over with? Or do you just. You're going to have to sooner or later. Because, well, like, think about it, Aunt. Somebody run your brother like that. You're not going to go drop the gloves with him? Oh, yeah, I would 100%. Right. 100%. Or a teammate. That's hockey. Yeah. That's you, don't, you don't go to the bench and go, hey, man, you better keep your head up if you don't want fucking stitches. Yeah. You say, don't you worry. I'll fucking get him. Oh, yeah. But it's just still, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't. I guess it's okay, but I just, I just don't like seeing all the fighting after clean hits all the time. It sucks. So, but I guess he was hurt and everything, and they look down and he's down and there's blood. He's got and, blood all over the yeah, place. So, so yeah, guess what? I guess it's natural reaction, but we're pulling your head off. So he left the game. He didn't come back. The Sens, uh, or not the Sens, sorry, the Avs, and they were down three to one in the game. They ended up coming back and winning it in overtime as well. So I think they might be first place in the NHL. Did you say McKinnon came back or no? He did not return. Okay. But the Avalanche were down in the game and came back and won in overtime. So, so how how good was that hit, right? <laughs> yeah. All it did was fire up the Avalanche. <laughs> yeah. Craziest stat, speaking of games last night. So the Flames beat the Jackets 6 nothing. They had 62 shots on goal. <laughs> like on goal? Six not they, attempts. They recorded 62, 62 shots. shots. Wow. Okay. So the That's goalie. Insane. It was Merzlikens for the for the fucking jackets there. He stopped 56 of 62 shots. His safe fucking percentage was over 900 and a six-nothing loss. Wow. <laughs> like, that's unheard that, of. That's cra- craziest stat I've ever heard in my life. So mm-hmm. I was just like, what the hell is going on when you lose six-nothing? But your stats are still good. <laughs> But right. see, but do you do you see what you have to do to maintain that? Like it's pretty crazy. Um, moving on, Drew Doughty is set to play his thousandth game tonight, being Thursday when we record this versus the Islanders. It's his 14th season with the team. Through his first 999 games, he's recorded 129 goals, 428 assists, 557 points. He's won two cups in 2012-2014. He's won the Norris in 2016. He's a two-time first-team All-Star. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist as well in 2010 and 2014. So he's set to play his uh, thousandth game tonight. That's impressive. 
He's a stud too. Oh, he's yeah, beauty, absolute beauty. They said when he when they won the cup too, he partied hard. That guy. They said he, they said he gets after it. So that was pretty sweet. Um, before we flip over to our our interview here, um, Keith Yandel also last night set the uh, the Ironman streak record in the NHL. He played his 965th consecutive game in the NHL. So Kessel's hot on his heels. Kessel's played 941. So do you remember, was it the beginning of this year or last year? When Florida when wanted to was, bomb him? When Quenville was going to healthy scratch him. And the whole team went in there and said, you healthy scratch him, none of us are going out there. Yeah. Oh, they're like, they're like, there's no fucking way. You can't take that away from that guy. That's a dick First move. game of the season, and you're going to healthy scratch him. Yeah. Come on. Like, I could see Babcock doing that. Yeah. But come on, Quinter. This streak. So Yandel's streak started on March 26, 2009 with the Coyotes. So he's went, well, almost 13 straight seasons now, 12 and a half seasons in a row. Never missed a game. And think about that. Like, not. And you're a, def- a defenseman, right? Yep. And not taking a block shot, breaking a foot, you know, like Does all taking life. a puck in the hand, like, you know, breaking a finger. Think, just, think, think just about how much shit he's played through. Dud, man. Just a hey, stud. Hey, NBA. And you got fucking load management. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking <laughs> kidding me right now. These guys are playing 900 games in a row and you got load management. I'll fucking give you a load management. Um, hockey players are just animals yeah hockey players are a different breed man so we'll we'll flip over to our interview we got absolute legend on here he talks a ton (laughs) okay rob and i felt like we asked him like two three things each he was in and out of stories it was like i was in awe of just how name drops fucking everything but he was fucking super cool we have terry ryan for you guys today and Rob and I said at the end of the interview, well, we got about 3,000 questions left for you here, Terry. Terry said himself during the interview, I feel like I've been talking for an hour. You guys have asked me three things, which was true. <laughs> was but, true uh, enjoy it, though, people. It was funny. He's uh, best friends with Biz Nasty. So he's actually going to the ball hockey tournament in like a week. He's the chicklets ringer so he's going in there with three of his ringers terry ryan is a all of freaking canada ball hockey like champion like he's legit at this so he's really good so he's headed to las vegas in a week to play in the uh chicklets cup so it's pretty sweet so you have to keep an eye out for that video when it comes out but until then rob shall we yep all right we're gonna flip it over to our boy terry ryan enjoy roll it Well, ladies and gentlemen, this next cat with us, very special guest. I've been wanting to get this guy on for a long time. Absolute legend. He's played Western League, AHL, IHL, ECHL, was drafted first round, eighth overall by the Habs in 95. Nowadays, you can catch him on his uh, podcast, Tales with TR. Let's welcome to the show. Mr. Terry Ryan. Terry, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. And uh, sorry it's taken this long. I've, I have a very sporadic schedule, so you never <laughs> know when you're going to get me. 
Oh, it's all good, man. Honestly, it's all good. I knew I knew you had a bunch of shit on the go. So that's why I was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to stay in touch with them here. And then eventually we'll line something up. So I'm glad that we finally did. Um, so for, we'll hop right, right into it. So you grew up out east, right? You're out east. St. John's, correct? I was born in St. John's. Mount Pearl is a suburb. And I grew up in Mount Pearl. But if you were to if you were to drive through, I don't, you, it's one of those things you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. I mean, I don't want to offend anybody from Mount Pearl or St. John's when I say it. I mean, there's no, there's no disconnect of obvious land or any, it's all part of the same metropolis, if you want to call it that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never been out that way ever, ever. I mean, Mount Pearl is a nice little suburb. It's, it reminds me of Kamloops. There's um, a great place to raise a family is big on you know, kids, not just sports, but events, groups, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. They have a big sense of community spirit. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great to grow up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are. Uh... Uh, you start team in hockey, you get on a trip. And not everybody gets that, but when you're from an island and, you know, you're an athlete or you're a musician or actor, whatever you are, just about anything you know you you for, for for us at least my life was mostly in athletics growing up and you know you'd want to win the provincial so you'd go to the atlantics and that meant you got a trip unless you host it mm -hmm. and you know you want to go to the nationals but in mount pearl if you just made the all-star team in hockey good organization and some good fundraisers you'd get to go on a trip so you know we were going to the quebec peewee tournament things like that really prestigious places across the world and um, some teams went to Europe. Yeah, it was it was a great place to grow up from that perspective. And I'm not sure that had that not been the case, if I didn't grow up in Mount Pearl, that I would have been quite as successful at hockey. I was on the ice every day for hours. Wow, man, I wish. <laughs> now, living on the island and uh, being from it, now is it pronounced Newfoundland or Newfoundland? Neither, Newfoundland. A lot of people say, like, you see it on, we will call you guys mainlanders, right? So, <laughs> you know, a lot of people would say Newfoundland or, or Newfoundland, but yeah. Newfoundland. And if I said it any different, I would probably get told off around here, but you guys get a free pass. It's all right. I would. <laughs> awesome. Now, now, most people on TV mispronounce it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then again, who's right? Who's right, right and who's wrong? It's Newfoundland because we say it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now being now, do you get offended being called a newfie? I don't. It was always a term of endearment, but that is becoming a more and more of a thing. You know, we we're fun loving people. We like to laugh at our own. You know, what's the word? I'd laugh at laugh at our own jokes. But like, um, we're very laid back. We get it. We're hard workers that like a beer. You know, there's there's a stereotype the Newfoundlanders that I don't not quite sure is there's such, as strong a stereotype to any other province. And that's a good thing. We like that. We were the last to join Confederation for a reason. There's a lot of quirky things about us. You know, we're out there in the Atlantic, the furthest easterly point in North America, the oldest city in North America is St. John's. Um, there's a lot there that, you know, not, not that we're not proud to be Canadian. We totally are, but it's a quirky place. It's got a lot of unique attributes. And I think, over time, 
you know, I, I took folklore in school and I studied this a lot. And some people, you know, really take offense to the term Nufi. And I can see how, given the, the particular background that they had, because, mm-hmm. you know, you hear Polish jokes. I'm not sure I even like those anymore. You know, the, I get it. It's funny. I, I have books, Nufi <laughs> jokes. Like, I get it. I get it. But that often turns to, if there's an argument with a Newfoundlander, it all often turns to, hey, really? Go fuck yourself. You, you stun Newfoundlander anyway, dumb. You know, it does turn to that sometimes yeah. if you get in a confrontation. It happened yeah. to me on the ice, which, you know what? I probably brought it on myself, but I'm just saying it's a really, really fine line. Mm-hmm. People calling me Nufi, it was always a term of endearment, so I was fine. With it. Because, it. like, I, I've I've drank with quite a few Nufis, and they were just amazing people. Mm-hmm. Like, we, <laughs> went, we went to a bar in Toronto one time, and some guys wanted to beat us up and there was four of us and there was 10 of them while these guys were all going to school uh from newfoundland and all came and backed us up and they end up having the fight with the guys anyways we didn't (laughs) have to do anything they just Just took it over and then we went back in and they bought us drinks and i'm like these guys are just amazing that's (laughs) just just beauties just total beauty typical yeah it's a typical story that doesn't surprise me one bit i've been in those (laughs) (laughs) i've been in those he says you know that's funny hey what just like what just just like made you just fall in love with the game just that one thing i just spoke to first of all it's great to be so mount pearl like i said is a suburb of st john's but it's a real advantage when it comes to sports because we get our own team Whereas if you're from St. John's, just like if you're from Toronto, I know there's the Toronto Red Wings, there's teams, but if you took an all-star team from Toronto, I would, you know, and you go into play in Alliston, you know, you'd crush them because yeah. one is a major city and one is a town, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> we, um, Mount Pearl's got 25, 30,000 people. So it's not huge. But it's big enough that it's a section. So if you're from Mount Pearl, you get to play for the Mount Pearl Blades. St. John's has like six different minor hockey systems, right? There's St. John's, the Caps, but then there's Avalon and there's Pooch Cove. There's Northeast, there, you know, uh, there's Southern Shore, there's CBS. All these are areas that would count in the population, but it's kind of split up, you know, into different areas of town. The Celtics, everything, when I was growing up and you would know if you're not from here, so I won't keep going, but that's the way it would be. But in Mount Pearl, you're, if you're from Mount Pearl, there's uh, a few schools in here, two high schools, and you you know, you know you got to wear your blades jacket growing up. There was a real pride in being from here. And um, so there's that. And then because of that, we I, I think it was an advantage. My age group, for example, we won the All-Newfoundland, we call it the Provincials, in top-level AAA, if you want to call it that hockey, soccer, and baseball once in one year. So clearly, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, we're not the biggest province, but there's 600,000 people. There's 150 in here. So, you know, there's enough places. Like I said, Mount Pearl, we had a fairly big organization, not the biggest. And, you know, we play teams and for, it was just, uh, you know, we got a lot of great competition. We're a suburb of St. John's. So if you're from Gander or Cornerbrook or Grand Falls, you probably don't have that advantage of playing all the best players every night. So you're probably not going to get to develop your skills as much. I think our, our potential within Newfoundland was maximized because not, not only was it a great place to grow up uh, and, you know, th- that sense of unity with being a Mount Pearl player. Um, I guess... We had great coaches, you know, um, they took real pride in it. Uh, Mount Pearl provided gear for players. 
Is it me or is it? No. Terry's okay. going in and out a little bit. Pause it. Bro. Um, okay, so yeah, Mount Pearl. So th there was that. Um, and there was also, you know, I just happened to grow up at that time with great players around me. Like we, we won everything. I don't, the group I was with, if, if I didn't play, we still would have won. And mm -hmm. I mean, at that time, I don't mind saying it. I was the best player in the province, like by quite a bit. And I don't, I was six foot when I was 14, you know, so crazy. lots of players, of course, came out and ended up catching up and everything. But I was, a, I went through a real growth spurt. And not only that, my dad coached the junior team here, the Mount Pearl Blades. They went undefeated two years in a row. They won the Atlantics. And that's a big thing for around here. Mm -hmm. But it was before people went away, like really. Now there's 60 people a year playing major junior and, well, probably probably 30 or 40 and, and you know a bunch more playing pro and university it wasn't the case back then so all the best players were here my dad coached them he just came back from pro hockey and so what and my mom ran the uh minor hockey and well the, the mount pearl hockey schedule for the rink so she would schedule my dad's junior team's practices for the last one of the evening mm -hmm. so whether that was eight o'clock at night or whether it was 11 o'clock at night cool. after it was over the ice was there and it was free. So my, my dad didn't care if it was one o'clock in the morning. Like, you want to go skate, you can go skate. I won't sell anybody out, but the people that worked at the rink were nice enough just to let us on. Um, I don't know, Fonts, Tony Fowler, I don't mind saying that. He was, he was a great guy, still still around today. And um, he would, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't care. He'd let us on the ice. So we would go and like, you know, while dad was explaining drills and stuff, me and a couple of buddies maybe would be out like, skating in the zone then we go over to the bench and we watch them practice so even while we were waiting to go out there we were seeing the best players uh you know come up and develop and some of them ended up leaving to go play somewhere and you know that was like they were like nhlers to us so mm -hmm. it was just hockey was a huge part of my life just it, it just happened to be i don't know if my dad didn't end up coaching it's not like he for like maybe obviously most people listen to this probably know my dad played pro mm -hmm. and in his era, it was unheard of. Like it just happened that Joe Byrne came and saw this team playing Bantam, and five of them went and played pro. If if he didn't come through town, no way one of them does. Mm -hmm. But that's the kind of talent was here. So I had a coach that was my father that I got to talk to at home that would play professional hockey. Um, I was growing into myself. I had lots of confidence because I didn't make the All Star team my first year, Adam. But then I turned it on, and with all that, I guess I just started to. And when you start dominating, you start really, uh, what's the word? It's an addiction. And yeah. not only that, the players I played with were awesome. We were just a great group of young athletes. So there was a lot of that went into it. If the timing had to be perfect. And I just was at the rink every day for three or four hours practicing. Although I never really thought about it as practice. But it is, you know. Just doing something you love. Exactly. It was just it. All of us. I know you. I know now. A lot of people say, "Well, you know, back in my day, we all played street hockey. I, we did, but I mean, like ten hours a day. We go from that, and we play baseball, and then soccer. It was, I mean, every single day, all day. So you're going to get better, right? You're going to get better. Now, I when your when your team won the won those when your town won that three championships, were you only on the hockey team, or were you on the baseball no, team, I, or I, soccer team? Me personally, I was on three of those teams: the That's soccer, awesome. and we lost. We got silver in ball hockey, which ended up being arguably my main sport, but we won that the next year. No, I mean, in one year, I won the 
the baseball, hockey, and soccer provincial championships. We got to go to the Atlantics in each. In soccer, we won the Atlantics. We got to go to the Nationals in Edmonton. Oh, that nice. was, that was, there wasn't one year I played minor sports that I didn't win one of those. Like, so, and hockey every year, but one, we got upset. So, like, but, you know, my second year Peewee, we, we won the, the year before I went to go to Cornell, because, I mean, I ended up going away, but I would come back and play those sports in the summer. Hockey here ended for me after second year Peewee. But I was 14 years old. I played junior the next year in Cornell. People think it was crazy. But if you make the link, we won the provincial 16 to nothing. I had 11. If I didn't play, we would have won 10 to nothing. Right? So I was going nowhere developmental-wise at this point. Mm. And, you know, you'd figure looking back, I I don't know, there was issues. A lot of people supported me going up to play on the Bantam team. But... Minor hockey made, I don't know, if I really don't know if it was jealousy or a parent complaining or what, but that should have been the case for a few of us. Um, but it wasn't, and it, it ended up being a great thing because we went, Mount Pearl, We in, in the Quebec Peewee tournament, you win till you lose kind of thing. So we went playing teams, and we didn't, you know, you never really know. You're from Newfoundland. You go to play these teams. You know, here, even though we were dominant, I still didn't think any of us were going to play in the NHL. You know, mm-hmm. to me, oh, Toronto, that's automatically better. You know, you had a bit of a defeatist attitude. And this, the other thing is, we would, we would never pick a team Newfoundland. So whoever, and that, that some provinces do that. So mm-hmm. if we went to play baseball, say, at the national championships, it was the boys from Mount Pearl. We didn't take team Newfoundland. Right. So, you know what I mean? So, um. I can't, I can't really remember where I was going with that, but, but you, you know, we got our, our little group here got to go, but we don't, oh yeah, here's where I was going. You would, um, you'd often get crushed because what we, you know what I'm used to going to the nationals as even now playing ball hockey and I've, you know, I guess that's coming to an end, but ball hockey is actually different now. But so we ignore, I said that, but what happens is we would win here. We would go to the, nationals and we play the host team first game it's always pei or newfoundland or the territories right because everybody you know you you want to all the fans are there for the opening game you know beat newfoundland 10 to nothing everybody gets a free hot dog and gosh darn it they try hard you know (laughs) we knew we were like you know for, for our little town we're great athletes and we would go and how are we supposed to beat team team british columbia in soccer but uh you know so that's that was kind of our attitude so and i don't it, it was it was it was totally subconscious i never sat there and said you know i'm a shitty athlete but i just don't think the expectations at the time we, we just in our minds you know the mainland was where it's at and if you see it on tv like we we can't get there it took john slaney scoring for team canada in saskatoon you know and that was the first player we had like you know him and Dwayne norris but you know, like a, a decade went by. We didn't really have much. You know, we might have someone play. Daryl Williams played one game in the NHL. But there, the 80s went by and, we, you know, there really wasn't a lot of Newfoundlanders really that you could look up to. And I, I don't want to leave anybody out. They were here. But in the NHL or anything, it wasn't really the case. So, yeah, I just don't I, I don't think till we, we, we went to Quebec and all of a sudden we started beating like Team Philadelphia. And then we beat Chicoutimi. And then we beat Peterborough. And I'm going, okay. And I mean, we beat them. Like we beat these teams by like six goals. Oh, wow. So now we're looking around going, okay. Cause you don't really know you're from an Island. It's a disadvantage. We, we would, 
you know, it's great for some things, but again, the competition wasn't there. So us winning the all Newfoundland by 10 or 16 goals, whatever it was, it just didn't mean much. Now all of us, I mean, it, it was great for us. We had fun, but it didn't mean anything on a level of like, oh, you know what? We're pretty good. It was like, we're good for Newfoundland. But then over time, we would go up and play these teams. And anyway, the Quebec Kiwi tournament, we ended up like beating all these club teams. And we went on and, and we played Team Switzerland. And you, you play in the Colisee where the Nordiques used to play until you lose, right? It's, so it's a big thing. So in that game, I remember there was like 12,000 people. There was an article in the paper about me. And, you know, because no one had ever seen me. And, you know, all these guys are rated. Jason Doig was rated first from Quebec. Alan McCauley from Ontario, I remember that. But I wasn't, I not, and all of a sudden I jump onto the page and the next year I'm playing junior. I leave my team in junior. So, you know what I mean? Like this happened, like all it seemed to me overnight. But then all of a sudden people said, well, if Terry's from there and he's doing this and he's leading his junior team as a 14-year-old first-year bantam, right? Then what are the other players that, you know, they're not quite him, but hence Danny Cleary. I'm not saying he's not as good. He was, he was a year younger than me, right? <laughs> yeah. But he wouldn't have, I'm telling you, he wouldn't have. Mike Barnett knocked on my door in Quinnell when I made the jump out there. And I did not know. Tri-City just wanted me. To, they told me they'd draft me. I didn't know I was going out to play junior. I was completely green. I didn't know what was going on. It, it, before the internet and the globalization of all that, mm -hmm. right? It's, it was hard to move. I was homesick. I went out there and I'm playing junior. Guys are drinking and shaving and banging and drugging. <laughs> whatever they're doing. Like, it's not part of my life. So I'm going, holy shit. Like, I, you know, I had a few beers with the guys. You know, I used to sneak into bars with Vaseline and pepper on my face, make it look like uh, stubble. But that was more, that was more, <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> that was, oh, that's what I did. Come that's on, I did. you I shitting me. The club and it would be burning the fucking, burning my face so I go oh, wash it off. The fuck. And i take my hat and i put my hat down like that. Now, what are you going to do? Is a guy six foot in the bar with, with the uh, <laughs> five o'clock shadow. No one would have said. 14 years and, old. Holy yeah, fuck. 14. So I would go in and then i have a couple beers. And I'd like look at a stripper or something. I'd come out and tell all the boys, like, I mean, it was wild. You know, I'd be, I'd go into the sex shops or, or, you know, people wanted to try smoking or something. They'd come to me and can you get these cigarettes? And I, I wasn't that guy. I didn't smoke growing Well, you know, you try stuff, but <laughs> I'm saying like, I was that guy. I didn't even you know I was big. I look and I was, I had the balls to do it. And I didn't really care. Um, in my mind, like I wasn't a bad kid, but in my mind, I had a moral compass and I can, within that, I'm like, Hey, what's a big deal. I went into a bar. If I went in and started doing Coke or something, yeah. or getting a hand job from one of the strippers, <laughs> you know, I, I think that would have been, Oh my God. Okay, this guy's really <laughs> yeah. Your dad would have been proud. Who doesn't want to see what the inside of a bar looks like when they're 14? Yeah. <laughs> Actually uh, that started when I was 13, but anyway. That's so, fucking funny. Yeah, okay, so can, can you tell us about your, your very first game? Uh, because, like, we're big fans of the Chicklick <coughs> there. And uh, yeah. I, I heard about your, your – so you leave PEI or, – or, sorry. Newfoundland. You're, you're, you're Newfoundland. You leave, you <laughs> no, leave there and, and you uh, play your very first game. When, but when you leave, you said there was no checking, there was no hitting, there, there was no. no fighting, nothing. No, God, no. But I've then you come been, into I, this I league. I was a smart mouth kid kind of thing. Like, I didn't pick fights. I hated bullies. I hated them. I think that might have come out in... I think you might probably be able to make that connection in the way I played, I, I guess. I mean, mm -hmm. I, 
subconsciously, I think that was part of it when I played hockey. I fought so much, but around here it was. And being that big, and I skipped a grade. So, like, I was in class. With, and I'm, I'm, I'm not joking when I say this. I don't mean it, uh, things have changed. Back then, you know, you could fail kids. Now it's hard to fail a grade. Back yeah. then you would. So I skipped a grade. Most of the kids that I was with in Mary Queen of the World, for many very different reasons, were uh, a lot of them failed. So there was like 10 in my class that were at least two years older than me. But I was as big or bigger than some of them. Uh, so, and, 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 you know, some guys are real big. And, but I'm, I'm uh, on the menu. So I got bullied a lot. And I fucking hated bullies. So I fought a lot growing up. I don't, I'm not going to say I won a lot of them. But I was kind of used to that. So that part didn't really scare me. But again, when I went to Cornell... I did not know I was playing junior. I thought I was going to go out there and maybe make the midget team, Bantam, but Tri-City, in my mind, in two years from now, I'm going to be on the Tri-City Americans. Mm -hmm. What I do from now and then, I don't really know, but they had to pull me out west to play in the Western League, to draft me, and the draft is when you're 14. So I figured if I don't get drafted, if they're lying, then I can come back because the draft out here in the queue and in the OHL is at least one year later in the queue too. So... Well, almost two. So, I uh, yeah, they were true to their word. I mean, they picked me third overall. But when I w when I went out there, it was it, it was just another world for many reasons. And uh, just to go back to what I was saying earlier, and I will pick up on on this. When I first got there, Mike Barnett immediately when I made the junior team. And it's funny because Tri City said we'll hide you in Quinnell. They didn't want me going to the because they didn't want anybody else to draft me. At first, they had 16th pick but they had to trade to get the third pick because word got out. But they said, oh, we'll, we'll quote unquote, hide you in Quinnell. So I go up to Quinnell, but I made the junior team. It was like news. They did a thing on TSN, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think you might even be able to get it on the internet somewhere. And um, anyway, so the word got out there. And immediately, as soon as that was on TV, the next day, I got a call from Wayne Gretzky's agent, Mike Barnett. And he, and he called me. He, he flew to Quinnell at one point like around that time. And um, he said, you'll be the youngest player that we signed from IMG. He said, the youngest right now is Radic Bonk. He's a year older than you. We just signed him. He ended up playing in Las Vegas in the eye before he hit the NHL. So anyway, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm calling the boys at home. Again, no internet going. I swear to God, man, like Wayne Gretzky's agent called me. So he shows up in Quinell. And do you know what my dad said? The first thing my dad said was, if you think Terry's good, you should go to Harbor Grace, Newfoundland right now and watch Danny Cleary. A week later, Danny Cleary's in Ontario. And then Michael Ryder, then Ryan Clough, Adam Party, Luke Adam. It was crazy. We had all, And it was like all these, Harold Drukin. So I go eighth. The next year, Drukin goes 33rd. The next year, Cleary goes 13th. And this is crazy. just people leaving. And before us, it was John Slaney four years before me went ninth. So the only people coming out of Newfoundland were going in first or second round. So now you see how people started to go, okay, we need a system of scouting over here. Mm -hmm. The Quebec League quickly got on board and owned everybody. They started the scouting system. They started the midget AAA system here where you do go away. Five regions of Newfoundland, five AAA teams. Uh, each team gets three tournaments on the mainland every year. And if you win, you get an extra one to tell us cup. It totally changed the ball game. And I'm not saying I did. I was part of that movement. My dad really was a big part of it in more ways than one, but we'd be here all day talking about that. But he was always aware of the players around here. And a lot of those guys was my dad making a phone call um, to somebody that he used to play with 
And if it wasn't Tri-City, I remember there was a guy, Brian Barker, a great player. He went to OHL. But for Kurt Walsh, went to the OHL, all off, all off this Newfoundland group that we had. Like right. So anyway, that's how it happened. And that for, I know that you're talking about the first game in Quinnell. Now, I get out there, and again, I figure, whatever. I go to junior camp. Tri-City probably figured this more than I did. I mean, they, they might have thrown out that you could go out and practice with the junior team. But again, I, don't, I, I had no idea. But I do when I go out. And you know how I had no pressure because when I first got out there, it was just like skating for three weeks with no. So I kind of got to know the guys and there's no hitting. We were just shinny, like getting ready for the season and bag skating. And so subconsciously, I wasn't thinking about making the team, but I started to score a lot in these practices. And I loved playing with the visor on and you could put the visor right up on top of your head. So you, you didn't even have to look through it. So I'm going, fuck the cage. Like they want like, because I started to play on both the junior team and the midget AAA team, but that was like, I'd sign with the AAA team when they had tournaments, I remember, but I was like, fuck that, I'm playing with the junior team if I can. But then, of course, the year had to start, and the first game against Williams Lake, a uh, guy just said, hey, welcome out west, and I thought he was being nice, and I think, it's, I think it was Lenny Forstner, and he cross-checked me right in the face, man, like, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, a brawl started, a line brawl. I can still see it with my own eyes. And well, I didn't fight Lenny, but I don't know the guy's name. I thought it was Adam somebody, but I was proven wrong. So mm-hmm. no one has told me yet. But anyway, this happened. The boys were there to see it. They can vouch for it. So um, that was it. So we got in this fight, and I got shit kicked, for lack of a better word. I mean, I was there was adrenaline. There was blood running down the front of my face. And we all got ejected um, for the line brawl. And I remember coming off going, like, I didn't know what just happened. Like, nothing like this had ever happened. Nothing. Uh, and all the people that were in the building, they were there because they'd heard this 14-year-old was playing. I was naive. I didn't know that. I, I mean, I didn't realize it was such a thing. So then I'm coming out, looking up, and people got, like, Ryan signs. And, and some people weren't happy. Some people on the junior team were going, hey, you know where you're going, Tri-City. You're 14, and you're going to take my spot away? I might get a scholarship here. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like everybody was rah-rah at first. I mean, a lot of the fighting I did was to gain their respect. Like, you know, these guys weren't thrilled about me going out there. So, yeah, I mean, the next, that happened. And then the next game, to be honest, I was, I was overwhelmed. I was homesick. Um, There was, you know, I mean, I was writing letters and making phone calls. There was no text messages, let alone no internet. Mm -hmm. It was lonely. I was out there with a, I'd go in there and I had nothing in common with anybody. I had a way worse. If you think this is an accent, you should have heard me then. I had zits all over me. <laughs> I wasn't confident. I'd never had sex. You know, it was just like, I don't just, I was completely, completely out of my element other than when I had the puck on my stick. Yeah. So I, that was it. I said, I looked in the mirror. I'll now just look right in the mirror. I've done it a few times since when it's got check time. And I just said, now, what are you going to do? Grow the fuck up and go out there and do it. And I just thought, how am I going to do this? How am I going to fit in? How am I going to make my way out here? This is going to sound crazy, but I made a plan. And I just, in my mind, I said, I'm, I'm going to go back at him. And no one's going to expect this. Nobody. So I, um, because I, I, I fought on the ice out of reaction, but they, all the boys were saying, you know, we play him again in a week and, you know, I'll get him for you. And I was like, uh, okay, this guy was huge too. He was a 20 year old. Really big, like six four, six five. I mean, Jesus. he's big. So, so I, 
yeah, I um, I just made a plan. We went to breakfast that morning, um, and we were talking about it. And I just remember I I grabbed the hot sauce is what I did. So I grabbed it off the table, and, and I went. And no one knew that. So when we went to the rink that night, yeah, I was just like. And the boys were like, I'll get him in the third period because it's junior A and it's a real tough team. Everybody, there lots of fights, but you were kicked out after one. So guys were like, generally wait. You know, the third period was always chaos yeah. because of that. So they were waiting for that. And I just went over, I believe it was like early, early on, but you know, first period, proper. I, I don't really recall when, but I wanted it out of the way early. Just like I always, even now I'm like that. So I just, yeah, I just went over and asked him and he said, no. And I said, oh, no, now, now you're saying it. Now you're saying no. So I said, you know, you're, you're beating up 14-year-olds. He said, you know what grade I'm in, buddy? I'm in grade fucking nine. And I said, what, what are you, three years out of, out of high school? Anyway, I went back and I was doing this right in front of their bench. And whatever I said to him, I was, I was poking at him and he kind of came up and I like grabbed him and like pulled him. And he didn't like come right off the bench. But they got in there and then whatever happened, it was a bit of a skirmish and they still let me on the ice. I don't think the reps even thought it was going to happen. I think they just thought I was putting on a show. Mm -hmm. And then he jumped on the ice and the puck dropped and fuck. I started, <laughs> he started punching me. I, I didn't only take the hot sauce. What I did, I took this big file, picture like a nail file. They used to have these huge ones that shave the top of your stick down because they were yeah. wood. Yeah. You could do whatever. That's what most people use them for. So anyway, um, yeah, so I just, I took that and a couple of like real big, strong like pocket knives and I chipped, I chipped up my helmet, like all over my helmet. So you couldn't really see it because it was a black helmet. But I knew that if you're throwing punches, you've got to, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Bob Probert, like you're going to cut your hands. Oh my yeah. God. There's nothing else. So I put my, I just tucked my visor into my chest kind of thing. And the guy was giving it to me. And I guess he was used to maybe, punching you so hard that your helmet pop off or something right i mean i never like punching straight helmet but a big enough hand and a big enough guy can really do damage and i guess he was thinking i just looking down i remember the blood blood started coming off no not surprising to me and uh, then i got in tight on him right because he was kind of thrown off yeah. and when i did i just I, I remember my right thumb i just like put it right into his eye socket like that and it had, it had hot sauce all over it i mean i, I, I tried to <laughs> i tried to get all over his face <laughs> it's just hard to do but I do remember like going to do it and my fucking thumb went right into his eye socket. I should have been suspended 10 different reasons for this. But again, I'm 14. I don't thought it was going to happen. So yeah, he just, then, I mean, what are you going to do when hot sauce is in your face, right? I mean, you can't see anything. So I just, <laughs> I gave him 10 or 15, like right, right smack dab, right. He was, couldn't open his eyes. If he did it, it hurt worse. And I just fucking gave it to him. I went off, <laughs> I hurt in the air. Everybody in the rink, again, sold out exhibition because of this shenanigans that was going on. Some 14-year-old coming over. And no one, I mean, nobody could believe what just happened. Nobody, nobody in the rink. They were there from Team Pacific, everything. And I love that. I'm like, that's kind of why I fought Taidomi my second game. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not in this category. Um, and my first game in the West, I fought Kale Hulse. Because I, I, I kind of got, I was like, man, you know, I can just... If nothing else, it showed me that, you know, if yeah. you got ball, you go out there, there are ways you can contribute. And I know that's funny, but the place went mad. Like if there's momentum and I kind of, I, I got that. I was like, oh, this can change a whole game. You know, you're doing this, like, and I, I and I knew that I, I, I had, what's the word? A lot of my fights, you know, I'm, um, 
I'm an underdog. I used to like picking guys that were bigger and tougher. Yeah. Because I'm like, even if I lose, it's a win kind of thing. You know, because every, you know, if you go out there and stand up for your teammates against a big player, it's often a win in itself, right? Yeah. I mean, I I could go on and on. I learned so much that day. Not only that, I go out after the game and they drink at this place called the Four by, and it's maybe like it's it's up on the Dragon Lake section of Quell, like north, like up on the. It, it, it's just up, I, I won't say a mountain, but a really high hill. And you go way, like you know, there's a couple of mills there, right? So you go way back in the woods and there's one area that they got put out called the four by. And it's just a big fire, man. Like in cars around it, yeah. dirt road for like 15 minutes on the way down. That's where everybody hung out. And I'll never forget it. We went down there. Of course, I'll never forget it. Um, we, <laughs> you know, then, then I really got on the juice. I got on the beers with the boys and a girl came over. I'll never ever oh, mention her name people out there know know who it was and she's ended up being a real good friend at the time but anyway she came over to me and said good game tonight and it was my first anything i would i still didn't think anything of it like i was like what thanks a lot like and you know how much i talk and i was just going on and on about how pretty newfoundland it wasn't it and she she just took a little like tried and gum or something she goes Shh. she put it in my mouth she said that's a sex pill and I go, what? what? I had no idea. And she goes, come over here. And she took me over like maybe 50 yards kind of outside. I didn't think anybody could see us. So we went over there. And to be quite honest with you, I finished um, putting the condom on the first time. And uh, <laughs> this was a world that, I mean, it was brand, 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 brand new to me. So anyway... I was like, that can't happen. Like, I'm so, and I'm like, you know, years have gone by that I'm thinking about this. So I'm going, you know, this probably won't happen ever again. <laughs> so I said, I got to go again. You got you to stay here for me. And I, I didn't even take it off. I was that corny. Was it. <laughs> it, it was crazy. So, but anyway, I did. And I thought we were over and I was so happy. I remember thinking, and now in one day, now I'm never going on. Did my plan work perfectly? I'm like, not only do I fit in, I kick the shit out of a guy. Like my teammates love me. And I remember at the end of that day, at the end of the night before, I would have gotten on a flight. I would have paid $500 that I didn't have to get on a flight and go home. That night, I'm never going home again. I'm going to only go back in the summers. My mindset went right to where it is now. I love Newfoundland. I'm here now. But, mm -hmm. you know, I just being a teammate and going on the hockey journey and, you know, stories for the boys kind of thing. So Fuck yeah. <laughs> for the boys i've ever had <laughs> and when you play pro hockey it's like part of the mornings was literally my first fucking day in non-minor hockey like you know an amateur level pursuing my dream the for best stories i had was the very first day <laughs> what a day dude it's awesome it's like the it's like uh the john holmes hat trick <laughs> yeah was, i know hey you can imagine not only that in cornell is small like i don't know 15,000 people, I'm guessing. And, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, so word got out and then, you know, she was in my class. There was teachers that were teaching me that were there at the four, but everybody hung out there. It wasn't just like kids, it was just Cornell. It was, I, I love, I love that about Cornell, man. Like, it's just another, another world with its own kind of set of rules, but mm -hmm. it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. And like I said, at that point, and then I just loved it. And I, I'm, I, I could go on and on, but I, I remember, playing on like the volleyball team and I'm not even that good at volleyball um I'm not I'm just 
learn on the spot. You know, you're an athlete, I guess. But basketball, I played a little bit at home here. I ended up playing basketball. Like I, I felt my my route to being accepted, and that was a big thing at the time, was playing on the sports teams, right? So, and then after after two years in Cornell, both Bantam years, you know, I played there, and I mean, at the beginning of the year, I was so nervous. At the end, well, I, I led the team both years in scoring. So, like, personally, it was off the charts from expectations. I'm not bragging when I say this part of the story. Uh, you know, it was just, it was unbelievably rewarding on so many levels those two years. By the time I got to the Western League, I'm 16. It's my third year junior, where everybody else coming in that were 16 years old had just played Bantam. BJ Young, Justin Guy, oh, Mark Dudium, I can tell you, all guys that ended up being great players but i had two years i'm like why do we i mean no offense to brandon Wood, he's one of the best hitters out there but i'm like he's not tougher than trevor job i just went into fort st john with no cameras and got the bus tipped over after the game with people you know smashing beers knives like i'm like this this is a joke the western league not that it was but you know in my mind i remember being in fort st john literally and going being nervous because like there was no cameras i remember not not that i thought about cameras but just when I got to the Western League, it was I was like, all these games are taped. I mean, they can only go so crazy. Mm-hmm. Guys are like, what fucking league did you play in? I'm like, the Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League. Yeah. <laughs> and there was two in BC, right? The Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League and the BCJHL. It all went BCJHL, but then there was two. And Vernon would win their, their side, the BCJ. Prince George would win our side and lose four games to nothing because our side was really tough. Everybody in that league was going to play college, so they were a little bit older. Uh, not everybody, but a lot of the prospects, like Paul Correa, for example. Like, yeah. Not that he went, you know, he's an NHLer, but, you know, it was that kind of thing where the Rocky Mountain League was, I don't know, I'm trying to think of anybody that made it anywhere. Jason Weimer went eighth overall the year before me. He was a pretty tough guy. Uh, Jason Rushton, Adam Deadmarsh, you know, it, it was guys like that. So yeah. it was good hockey, but the other league was more talented. I'm fucking pumped that I played in Quinnell because uh, fear is, you know, fear. I, I just remember being afraid kind of thing of the bigger players out there. And then after Quinnell, nothing mattered anymore. I was like, mm-hmm. what are you, you going to do? After, after your uh, episode there at the bonfire, didn't the boys uh, all turn on the car lights on you? Yeah. i forgot to mention that part they did so right right when i was when i was done and then i can't remember what she said to me but um i was just like you know i'm gonna go to the i I felt right embarrassed i was like they're gonna see us go back together again which who cares but i was i was like i'm gonna go to this side of the fire you go to that side and like we were saying this while we were talking so like i'm when i get up to put my pants on or pull them up (laughs) Not that they were off. It was, it was, you know, it was late September at least. I guess it had to be. So um, I pulled my pants up. But when I stood up, I guess, because they had been looking the whole time and they, they'd lined their cars up. Again, the music <laughs> played, right? So I can't hear any of that. There's cars on coming and going. There's people doing donuts way up. So it, I, I heard no noise difference to, to, as a signifier. So anyway, they all, yeah, but... 20 cars oh. at least that lined up and they all turned on their lights when I stood up and they were yelling noof, 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 noof. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, that, well, that, that's, no, that's an experience to remember, right? Oh, oh my I'm God. Sure that doesn't sound great, especially in this Me Too movement or whatever, but trust me, 
The girl that we did it with was a great person. She knew what she was doing. She wheeled me. And, <laughs> you know, it's a kind of story that you tell now and people are like, some people would be disgusted, but hey, it was part of my life. It was a coming of age thing. I loved it. Mm. I thought it, it really helped me in my journey. I needed to be um, accepted. I needed to be accepted or I couldn't have done it, I'm telling you. And, and it didn't make you, you, you were no longer homesick. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah, I was. Hey, you uh I'm getting laid. You you gotta tell Rob I was shooting the shit with him. I didn't want to fill him in on the story, but you gotta tell him the story of the sledgehammer. With the teeth? Yeah, that was probably one of the craziest stories I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I'd lost I was um I'd lost my teeth here in the summer, but I I only I, I I how I did it, I was playing ball hockey and I fell down and, and you don't slide obviously on the rubber floor as much as ice. So my knees hit the ground and I, my, my head kind of went straight into the ground. Okay, so I look like Dumb and Dumber from Jim and Carrie. <laughs> I, I look like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. You know, you know they Boy, weren't Christmas. completely gone. They yeah. you go, oh, you're a hockey player. They were halfway gone. So, and I, and I did it. It was, um, it was in, a, it, it was in, August. Now I played three or I played four of my years in Montreal system. So I signed, they drafted me and then three more. So like four years of my life, the only adult years that I'd known, if I needed anything done medically, I just go to the trainer or make a phone call or I didn't have to pay for anything or even, you know, wait or, you know, cause it's priority for the Canadians. And most of the time, if there was anything I needed, if it was dentist or it was some um, physical thing, I would just go to Montreal and go see Dr. Mulder or whoever. So, um, and they, they would, they would pay for it all, obviously. And we were in Canada where everything else is paid for healthcare. So I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And I knew I was going to Dallas camp. So, uh, for a few different reasons, but that's another story. So when I got down to Dallas, I, but I knew I was going there in like three weeks because I did it. And then I went, I did it the day before we were training to go to the national championship. Speaking of that, I just told you. So we went to Montreal, played with Newfoundland. We lost in the final. So then I'm sitting there going, my, my teeth are starting to hurt though. Cause when I breathe in, the air is hitting the nerves. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yep. I don't know. It's weird. Cause I say to people, they might have that feeling for a day and then they get it fixed. But where I knew I was going and I just figured I, I'll get it fixed by Dallas or whatever team I end up with. So you know, I was going around for like three weeks and for the most part, I had a, a, a mouth guard in because of the breathing. Yep. So it, look, it looks, and the, and the mouth guard, I, it was like tinted orange. So it looked like I was sucking on an orange peel. It was really <laughs> awkward, but I didn't really care. So, and it did hurt, man. It hurt. And it, it got to the point that it was like eating shakes and sleep and I'm going, fuck, I'm going to NHL camp and I can't even think. So, you know, and yeah, it's true. So I, and, and but it, it was like three days left. So I said, fuck it. I went down. The first thing I did was go see the doctor and the dentist. And, and, and basically in the trainer's room, and the trainer comes over and he says, you didn't do that here. Like, you know, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And he goes, you're not, you're not signed here. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. I, I was just, just, I, I didn't even think about it. I was so naive to it all that. Yeah. I, I'm like, fuck, I guess I got to pay for this. And then it would have been like $10,000. So then I'm like, okay, fuck it. Then I'll wait. So I'm in Dallas camp and I hurt my ankle in camp. So now I'm sitting there and September 11th happens. I'll tell you how awkward it was. 
I, I was having a good camp. I fought John Erskine six times Jeez. in two days. Five the first game. Like, because there was no, and it was just one of those spite things. Like, it was rookie camp, man. I went down there for rookie camp. He was young. He played one year in Utah uh, in the IHL. So we'd never come across each other. He was my roommate. And we would go, and I didn't say anything to him. He seemed like a nice enough guy, but they just put us together. I'd never met him in my life. And they they asked me to go to rookie camp, but I played three years in Frederick or in the yeah the minors, and parts of three seasons in the NHL. Yeah. So like I'm down there. I was definitely the most experienced at the rookie camp, but they wanted an extra look at me. So I went down. I did well. But part of that was playing hard, and Erskine knew it too. So I hit his buddy Dan Jan something Dan Jansevich or whatever. If you go back in hockey DB with Erskine, you'll find it. And I guess they were buddies. I mean, I, I didn't mean much of it, and you didn't need much of a trigger to get Erskine going. Mm-hmm. But we fought five times that first game, and at least won the second. Anybody there will tell you that. I can't remember, uh, but it was a lot. So anyway, um, it was I, – I ended up, again, hurt my ankle. All this goes on, but Bob Bassett is there. He's the assistant coach. Don Hayes coaching in the minors in Utah. And he actually coached against me in the Western Division of the Western League. And he played hockey with my dad for a year pro. I think he was in Kalamazoo or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not that I want someone because I'm daddy's boy. I mean, like he knew me and he knew what I could do, bring to the table. So I knew that if I started to do well, he knew my what, how I could maximize my potential. He was a good guy to play for. So I was thinking maybe I'll end up in Utah. Hopefully I can get a few games in Dallas. And that's exactly what they said to me. Um, when they called me, they're like, you know, it was John Sim, Rob DeMaio, myself, a few guys like that. And he's like, you know, maybe if you guys can play a little bit in the minors, maybe you can get your feet wet in the NHL again. It was like that kind of conversation. That's why I went there. So, and uh, anyway, I ended up hurting my ankle. I never did sign. So I'm sitting there. Now it's September 11th. I can't fly for, I mean, there's bigger problems. A lot of people had that day that me not being able yeah. to fly. Just telling you, the, the, the situation was awkward. It was weird because I fought him six times. And I got to stay there with them. And now there's no skating. There's no nothing. We're just sitting there all day watching HBO right before social media. But this was 2001, obviously. Um, But yeah, so I just said to them then, I'm like, you know, what's going to happen? So they still like me. And their double affiliate was Boise, the Idaho Steelheads in the uh, West Coast League. It's all the East Coast League now. And so they're like, you know, we still still like what you can bring to the table. you know, if you go down to Boise and you start doing well, we're still interested. And I wanted to sign there. Like, and I had no, I thought for sure I was going to, you know, my ankle was going to get better. It was a high ankle sprain. I didn't realize the weight of the pain or the injury then. So I'm like, okay. And they said, well, the thing about it is that Idaho doesn't start up for another three weeks. You know, the coast starts way later for obvious reasons. So I wait, wait, wait. I come home, grab my shit. I go to Idaho. Now I'm waiting to get my teeth done. Three more weeks. So, like, we're talking about late September, and I did it at the beginning of August. It, my, my teeth are killing me. I haven't had a steak in that long. I'm on, at this point, I'm on milkshakes or, like, tomato soup. Not even, oh. not even like, soup that I get. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, okay, I'll get it. So I walk in. And lukewarm because you can't have it hot, right? Because the nerve oh, yeah. is just going to put you through the roof. Horrible. The worst. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. So that's it. So I, uh, I went and Kip Dribnak was there in the morning and I, I asked him, I, I told him all about it. I said, now, where can I get fixed up? And he said, well, you just told everybody the story. He said, you didn't do it here. 
And I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, well, we can't pay for that. I'm like, come on, kid, I did it here. Just, just tell him I did it here. He's like, well, no, you didn't though. And everybody knows that. And it, he's right. Mm-hmm. My stupid big mouth, right? So then <laughs> I came out, I'm like, guys, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. I'm not paying $10,000 for teeth. I'll just knock the rest of them out. So I, I yeah, I, and, and I don't mean that I wanted to just knock out all my teeth and live like that. But I mean, I figured if I could pull it off and say I did it, having anything to do with hockey, whether that was going down the fucking stairs on the way to the dressing room, I'm going to say that. So I said, we'll try that room first. So no one really believed it. There was, in fact, a pot going back and forth whether I was going to do it or not. And that definitely, now, and when that happened, I knew I definitely was going to do it. I'm like, I'm not going to lose people money. It's a hammer and it's my hand and it's my mouth. So basically just do it. Same thing. So, so anyway, we have a party. We're over there. It's communal, like in, in the coast. Any double A, really, they, everybody kind of lives in the same. I mean, it's not quite like that in the American League. Hey, Terry, you know, just, to, just to interrupt you for one second, bud. I think yep. you're talking too close to the phone because it's, sure. it's, it yeah, sounds really. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I was. So, nope. Um, we all live like in the same area, the pool downstairs, down, uh, communal pool outside, like a bunch of different buildings. It was really uh, like, like an apartment complex kind of thing. So, we had a party, and we're just kind of, I mean, there's like wives there with Jeremy Milmock, his kid plays for University of North Dakota now, and the other one plays for Alaska. They were like, one and two years old. And anyway, there's kids running around. I don't think anybody expected me to do it again because they were all going, yeah, sure, sure. I said, okay, now's the time. I go, Millsy, go get him. So Millsy had a like a little Nerf hammer for his kids. And I was little tiny. And I thought I'd just chip out the remaining teeth that were there. And it wasn't even close. Like my whole head was rocking. There's no, there's no way there, that I could even do it. I didn't realize how far your teeth go up, first of all. It, like There was just no way it was going to happen. And it'd be like, taking a hammer to the top of an iceberg and saying, let's just tip over the whole iceberg. It's just, no, there's no <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So I, I have a few beers. I won't forget that. I, I threw on a tape. I used to tape the Simpsons videotape. I turned that on to get myself in a good mood. Drink a few beers, maybe a shot, Jeremy Oblonsky, Chris Graham, Bobby Stewart. And anyway, we go down. And I couldn't even come close with the Nerf hammer and everything's going on. People think I'm just joking. I'm fucking around. And then anyway, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be able to do it with this. And Millsy's like, what are you talking about? You're not really going to knock out your teeth. I'm like, I've been talking about this for three weeks. What do you guys think I'm doing? I think it was Matt Oates says, well, you know, there's a sledgehammer. And I said, get it for me. And people started to look. I said, boys, you put money on this. They're like, we were just kidding, though. We didn't. Anyway, first shot. I take the sledgehammer and I kind of flinch right here about, you know, three, four inches from my mouth, but the weight of the sledgehammer keeps coming. So it hits me. You see right there? Yeah. <laughs> so now I got a hole in my lip. There's blood going everywhere. I'm in the bathroom of one of the boys at the time, and, and there's blood everywhere. People start hearing about it. I come out, I look like Freddy Krueger. There's wives going, this guy's fucking crazy. Get him out of here. And I'm going, I told everybody here I was going to do this. So, but then Bobby Stewart says, but you still haven't done it. You got blood all over your fucking face, but you haven't done it. So I said, screw it. I closed my eyes. Next one, ink. And I knocked out the whole row. It was, a, like, it was nuts. I indented my gums. I could have done a lot worse, but... I knocked out the whole row. They all just came out. 
And, you know, some guys were laughing. Some people were like, what just happened? And I remember Stewie said, it's all great. But he goes, now, how are you going to say you did this at the rink? You, you, honestly, I looked like Freddy Krueger. My face was blood. My teeth were gone. I had a fat lip, up bottom and top. My gums were all bruised. So I went to practice. And uh, in the morning, Stewie said, let's just be the first guys there. You know, So we were first there. And I just kind of went down. I, I got in this position that my skates were there and they weren't done up. So what if, if anybody walked in, I'd act like I was doing them up and looked down, you know. And then Kim did come in, the trainer. And I just I remember going, hey, Kim, how was the way for kids, buddy? Good to see you again today. And I was like, I had my hand over my face. And he went on. And Stewie, just like 8.30, practice at 10. And Stewie's like, man, people are starting to file in here now. Let's just go out and do it. And I went out on the ice. I wear a girdle and a shell. So they were like real tight to me. So I just took the teeth I had, put them down in my girdle and uh, went on the ice. Stewie took a shot like off the glass and I went down and act like I awkwardly tried to jump out of the way and then get my head on the on the ice, I guess, is must, must be what I said. But I just, when I went in, I, I took the teeth. I threw them all over the ice right before I went in. There was, there was uh, blood everywhere. I went in and Kip said, I said, Kip, oh my fucking God. I said, look, I just knocked out my teeth in practice. What are the odds? And he said, man, you're one unlucky guy. But he goes, on the bright side, you get a paid for it out. And I'm going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> $10,000 later, I found out. I had to wait 10 years to tell that one because of the statute of limitation. That was crazy, man. <laughs> you have something going on with your phone, Terry. Terry, something's going on with your phone. We can't can't hear you properly. Can you hear him, man? I can hear him, but it sounds it's a little it's, low and stuff. It sounds like you're talking through a can. Uh, like now it probably doesn't. Nope, still does. Huh. You got your hand over the speaker or something? I, I don't know. It's really weird. No. It just it just changed when you put your face up to the camera when you're gonna show the scar there. Huh. I, yeah, like we can, we can still actually like freaking hear him. It just sounds a little weird. That's all. Yeah. Um, Rob, so so, able to finish the story because I got to take off. So. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, Rob, do you? Uh, yeah, go ahead, finish that, and then I know Rob's got another question for you, and then we should be good to go, Ter. But I mean, if you can't hear me, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's fine. It, we can. It's just, good. it's just a little bit muffled. Yeah, that's all. It's nothing. It's nothing crazy. Because everything was perfect until that that part. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we're all good. Go ahead and finish. You're good. Okay. So, what part should I go from again? Well, you were where where the guy just said, "Okay, everything's taken care of now. You can get them paid for this and that." Ten grand. Oh yeah. yeah. I thought you wanted me to go back to where it went muffled. Oh no yeah, no no! You're okay. I got them paid for it. I remember when I got them, they were a little off white. So I went back and I got them cleaned and I got, got a whole new, new set twice, to be honest. And um, yeah, I deserved it. I knocked my teeth out of my head with a sledgehammer. That's the way I looked at it. That's crazy. Uh, again, again, going back to that, my own moral compass thing, right? <laughs> anyway, it was a story. And um, I ironically came back and started playing senior hockey. And I got one permanently gone. But the bright side of that, can you hear me still? Yep. The bright side of that is that indirectly, I ended up getting into the film industry after hockey. I didn't really know what to do. And I first got in on crew. 
those in the film industry will know there's different departments. I was in locations and that could mean anything from make sure people don't walk into a shot, you know, if you're shooting in public and there's a street, you know, mm-hmm. for continuity reasons and everything, you can't have cars and people driving through or you have the exact same people every time because one scene is about at least five, six different angles or different takes from two or three different angles. Mm-hmm. So so that's the reason. So you got to be on top of that. And it's basically jump hill high. If the toilet um, clogs, you know, you got to deal with that. It's basically whatever. It's not a glamorous job. But my good buddy was Alan Honko from the Republic of Doyle, a Canadian hit TV show at the time. And um, yeah, I, I got in on Clue, but I talked my way into a few stunts. And then I met Jason Momoa when he came over to do Frontier. So the very first scene in Frontier, the TV show, it's on Netflix. I've watched it. I've watched the series. There you go. So the very first scene is me. Um, the ve- I mean, the very, very, very first scene. It opens up episode one, season one, and Momoa has caught a bunch of British redcoats. And one of them in the script called for this guy to beg for his life. And, he was, and it was a guy that Momoa captured and really beat up bad. And this character, if you speak, you know, speaking roles are reserved for people that are in the acting union called actors. Yeah. So for that reason, I had no business. There's people that went to acting school. There's people that had 20 years in the business that didn't get this. I had absolutely no business doing this. But in this unique situation, um, not only... The other thing is there's only so many actors around here. I mean, you bring them in from wherever, but costs get high. And this particular, there's not normally a speaking role that the person dies immediately. So they're like, we don't want to burn a good actor from around here. And a guy that's going to, and Terry's already got the tooth gone. So, right? So that's what I mean. So I've been in a bunch. I just been filmed a TV show called Shorzy. Um, it's a spinoff of Letterkenny. I just got back. I mean, I've done lots of stuff now, but I'm always either a pimp or a drug dealer or a guy who gets beat up or a soldier. Or I've only been a hockey player on Letterkenny. <laughs> now I guess on Shorzy, but that's what happened. That's why I don't fix it. So it ended up being a great thing because um, there's just, I'm not saying I'm a great actor. And, you know, when you say a role, like it's usually like something, you know, a principal role, people that keep coming if you need someone like a gangster to answer a phone and say like, is Bobby here? And you want him to look like a gangster. There's not much acting that goes into that. Right. So it's great. If you can have someone, you know, it's hard people it's, it's hair and makeup can do a lot, mm-hmm. but you know, it's hard to make it look like someone's losing it has a tooth gone. Did, so, did they take your picture for spitting chiclets? Is that how they got their, uh, their uh, logo? Their logo? <laughs> I'll leave you with this before I go. Now, you're not going to believe this. This is true. Well, I guess you're going to fucking have to believe it. So all that happened. I just started, that thing with Momo and everything started about, yeah, that was 2016. And uh, and then when I say the whole thing, because he invited me, we went over to Europe. I was in a movie of his called Brave, and I was a stunt double. We did a, a bunch of things, uh, commercials. He took me to Europe and, um, you know, got me and my feet wet in the stunt world. He, and he knew. He likes hockey. And he knew I... He's like, man, we can get you further ahead in this. At least you should be doing stunts. So he got me in there. But um, I went on, the first time I went on Spit and Chicklets would have been, I think it was 2019. If not, it would have, it was 2018. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was 18. So they just phoned me and I'm driving down the road and I'm going, really? And I was, 
my house at the time was out in it was a 15 minute drive away for whatever reason biz who i didn't know at the time at all now he's a good buddy um i think teddy purcell was talking to him or something and anyway he called and said we need someone quick and i heard you got great stories do you want to do you want to come on so i ran to my parents house they were out the door was locked so i, I broke in i i know wait jimmy the window i got in the window used their phone could barely hear anything but here I go, I go on, I tell them some stories and everything. It's pretty cool. Spitting Chicklets, I'd listened to it at that point. It was just, Biz had just joined the show. Yeah. Uh, but I was listening from day one. So I, I was I was honored to be on there and everything. And we got talking. And the next day, there was an audition. Oh, no, sorry. The audition had already happened. The next day, I had to go and play a boxer in a TV show called Little Dog. And I was to be beaten up by the lead character, Joel Hines. I think his name was Tommy in the show. So we'd, we'd done the rehearsals and everything. And I knew what I was going to do. So we get down there the next day. And, you know, the fake or the, the crowd is there. But for a fake boxing match, and it's all good. And I'm all greased up. I'm feeling good. We're going through our motions, right? We're hitting each other a bit. But then they're calling action. And he's got to kind of, he's got to hit me. With, it's where all you place the cameras. The camera's placed behind my head so he can miss me by a comfortable six inches. And make it look like if I time it right, you know, that he hits me pretty good. I mean, that's how you do stunts. So yeah. as I'm doing it, I forget that I have my tooth in because I got it in for that day. And, you know, I know why they want me. I'm a boxer and, you know, it's a small role and the tooth is part of it. So I look over, I go, Johnny, who's John Batcher? I'm like, you, but my tooth, I said, I, I, I need to take this out. Like, you can't do the scene with because you, you want it out, right? He goes, no, we, actually, we do. But he said, what if it comes out when you get hit? Oh. And I said, okay. Now, I'm not fucking kidding you here. I'd just been on Spit Chicklets the day before. Now, the next day, tell me how many people in North America had to actually spit a chicklet. There was chicklets next to the thing. I swear to God, we had no way. Because I got a, whatever you call it, it's a false tooth. But it's got the, the back and everything on it. There's no way I can you spit that out. It looked, it, it's a plate. Yeah. So I needed something in there to simulate it. So... I'm not kidding. Chicklets were sitting there at the craft table. And I go over there and there's chicklets. Crack one off, throw it up. And I'm like, in my mouth, I'm like, how is this? And they're like, well, you know what? Like, if you just smile with it up there, it doesn't look like a tooth. But for this purpose, it's definitely going to look like a tooth. So part of my job, the day after I went on a, a show called Spitting Chicklets, was to actually spit a chicklet. A chicklet. <laughs> Lots of people would do it for fun. I was literally told in my workplace from people that did not know the show existed to spit a chicklet. I love it. <laughs> I mean, what are the awesome chances? Story. I love it. Hey, Rob's got one more fast okay, one. I got one, I got one more question. Everybody. And I really hope you come back on the show because I have a phone full of questions about, <laughs> you know, Tarion and Darcy Tucker yeah. and. All those, all those great hockey players that you played in Montreal. Uh, so how, how they have the walk-up music in baseball, um, if, they would have if they were to take out the horn, I, and I don't think the horn was around when you originally started playing, like for the goal scoring, but if they were to play your one song when you scored your goals, what song would it have been? Good question. Um you know, I often ask that on my podcast, which is wild. I ask a, a, a variation of that question. You know, 
they called me T-Bone for a bit. I mean, a lot of people know me as T-Bone. So that's happened before. Did you get that and when you were 14? No, it was, it was usually new for Newfie. People around here, it's TR or T-Bone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess it, it's, it's either one of those things. But like when I played on the St. John's Maple Leafs, for example, Sean Thornton only calls me T-Bone. He's never called me anything else. And I hung around with him a lot, so it cut on. So, and, you know, it, it was a bit of a thing. So, I, again, I, I might sound pompous saying this, but I can't even remember if I chose, but bad to the bone was, was used a little bit, right? Thurgood. Because you can Thurgood. be used in a fight, T-Bone. After a goal, it's a bit of a pump-up side. It's a little different, For sure. but it does the trick, right? It does yep. the trick. Yep. So I, I don't know that I would have picked it, but why wouldn't I have, really? The only reason I wouldn't have is because it probably seems a little egotistical, but I love George Thorgood. I love the song. I love what he's all about. So mm-hmm. I suppose you could say that. If not, <laughs> if not it would definitely be a Newfoundland song. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, let's say She's Going Up, Run Away, Run, Run Away, or Lukey's Boat by Great Big C. It would be Love it. The- Perfect. <laughs> All right, Tara, seriously, man, thank you so much. I know your, your freaking schedule is nuts. Um, so once again, thanks again. Good luck in Las Vegas. Good luck thanks. there. We're going to be following. <laughs> Tell the boys that we said hi. We're big fans. And uh, and hopefully we get to uh, shoot the shit again soon because I still got a whole list of questions here for you too. Yeah, so. no problem. I know I talk a lot. I knew. No, 45. it's all good. Oh, we love it. No, it's no, about, guys, it's, it's about you, anyways. So it ain't know, about us. We just gotta get. We gotta I, get I your role in. Not that we have to do much of that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for you to say to make a long story short. Yeah, we all good. But uh, can I just say one more thing? You guys just asked. I think you asked me two questions, and we've been on here an hour. (laughs) But when when your dad was on Chicklets, were you with him? Yeah. Was that you with him trying to reel him back in because he segues into shit just like you do? We want to talk to him. You get four stories in one question. No, he's a great person to learn from because when I see him and especially after he has a few beers, I'm like, wow, I got to learn to put a muscle on because like I'm looking at him and and I'll criticize him and I'm going, it's it's me. I'm criticizing my own actions. 100%. Listening to you and listening to your pop, same fucking guys. Well, we love it. It was awesome. (laughs) And we hope to put your dad on. If we get your dad on, that would be awesome. He he would love to go on. you the other thing is like a lot of people the reason it took so long a lot of people asked me to go on and um so i you know and, and i don't like to say no to anybody so i've said yes so i've got like 30 podcasts to do but i pre and that's why it took so long and i'm i apologize for that but dad does have more time than i do uh if you if you ever want just just shoot me a note i gotta take off now my daughter got soccer but shoot yeah. me a note uh virtual soccer yeah um Shoot me a note though, and I'll get him on there for you, okay, guys. And I'll get him on again. I just don't know when it's going to be. We're in, okay. brother. And we can't wait to have you back on because this was this was fantastic. And there's so many questions. Wade Belak, <laughs> I want to talk about. I want to talk about your interviews with uh, Matthew Barnaby. Got asked to come into the NHL, and you had to go through the uh, <laughs> the coaches and talk yeah. to them. And I I heard some great stories. There you go. Well, <laughs> that's a bonus. Uh, I, I will definitely come back and I promise those stories today. Awesome. At least you got a few stories in a package, but uh, you know, uh, hot guys, I don't take any offense whatsoever. It's um, do you guys ask me a lot of questions? I mean, keeping me late. I, I get it. I, 
I'm a fan of the game as well. Even when I was in that dressing room, you could have taken someone from section double H or whatever the fuck it was and, and, and put them right in the dressing room. They wouldn't have been any more in awe than I was. So I get it. And that's why I say yes to everybody because I'm a huge hockey fan. I love talking about it. I just happened to play up there for a while. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic that you give back like that, that you're, you're a very humble guy. Well, in, in some ways, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I'll take that as a compliment. Thanks a lot, guys. And I'll, I'll talk, we'll talk soon, honestly. All yeah, right, Terry. Awesome. All right, buddy. Take care. Good luck. Thank Good you. Fun. Yeah. And there he is, folks. Mr. Terry Ryan. Habs draft pick. That boy's played everywhere, man everywhere what a life he's living now eh? he's got his own podcast he's on tv shows fucking dude that story about the sledgehammer is insane yeah. <laughs> but we know some guys like that from maidstone right yeah but still yeah. like get he's the like, axe the, file, file some teeth hey, down hey the first time he like missed it he says he smashed himself <laughs> in the his lip. lip fuck yeah but the crazy thing is we didn't even get his into his nhl shit no, like, like we didn't even get to scratch it. It was one of those interviews. It was kind of like the, uh, like the uh, sheriff there, like one of those guys that we got to yeah. get back on to talk hockey. Just a beauty. <laughs> but I loved how he'd always go. And don't worry, I will get back to your. Uh, I'll get to your answer. Yeah. You know? Like, don't, don't worry about it. But yeah. like, he went like the big round. Yeah, he was go, going through the roundabout yeah. back to the starting point. Yeah, he was awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So thank you, Terry. We'll talk again soon when you're not so busy. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's move on with her. Brian Boyle, you see that goal? I freaking love this guy, and I wish he's another guy Toronto should have never gotten rid of. Just like Matt Martin, the guy's still plugging away at it, uh, beating up on his cancer, doing all the shit that he needs to do, and he's still playing in the NHL, and he's a stud still, and he'll still punch your head off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. I love the guy. He uh, got in a fight the other night. Yeah, he's an animal. But yeah, that goal he got was pretty greasy. So if yeah, anybody look up, cool. look up Brian Boyle between the legs goal, you'll you'll enjoy it. Trust me. So moving on from that, Philadelphia. What the fuck is going on in Philadelphia? They've lost their 13th straight game franchise record. Rob, if you're Philly, do you just sell the farm right now? I, I see. I don't see Philly enough to know what's going on there, but holy balls, 13 games in a row. You, you the coach has got to go, right? You want to know what and, I would have done anything, if I was general Philly? manager? I don't know. Guess you should have drafted Kale McCarr, eh? There's Bobby Clark was getting on fucking hex ball, hex that, eh? but I'm, I'm just saying, I just had to throw a little jab in there for all our Philadelphia fans. I'm sorry, I love you, but. It's uh, like, what do you do if you're the like general manager? Do you just trade deadlines coming up? I quit. I would fucking start trading people. I get rid of my coach. I don't know. You can't get rid. What are you gonna do? Flop the team before the playoffs? Like, it's not like you're gonna get in. Are they in? Because they they were having a good a good season to begin with. Uh, I can't see them fucking being in a, in a spot after losing fucking thirteen straight. Like, that's the yeah, thing, right? No, like, 13 right. straight, dude. That's got to hurt. <laughs> like For sure. 13. Like, their last win, it's probably been, like, almost two months since they've won. Like, it's got to be. 
It's just like, what, like that's what I mean. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. They're 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 terrible. They're thirteen and twenty two. That's what I mean, man. It's fucking. So they are, if we're doing it by division. So Philly is in. They're twenty seventh out of thirty two overall. Yeah, that's what I mean. So they're nowhere near getting into the playoffs. They're last in the Metro. Like, what do you, Rob, what do you do? Do you trade everybody at this point? Um, I have to get rid of my coach. If I'm the general manager, you're asking me from a general manager's point of view or mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to get rid of my general manager or my, uh, my coach. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're obviously not playing for him, right? You know, like, yeah, I don't know, man. To me, I would just start fucking getting rid of guys. You know what? Nothing's working with what they're doing on the ice and all that shit. Anyways, time for a shakeup. Yeah, yeah. it could it could start with the coach, but we well, can't get rid of the whole team, right? So, no, but you can trade us. St- maybe a couple guys that makes guys go, Whoa. Okay. Uh, you know, so we'll yeah. see. speaking of Philly, former Philadelphia flyer, Jeff Carter just signed a two year extension with Pittsburgh too. That's a fucking great signing. Yeah. Like uh, two, $2.6 million extension. That's yeah, fucking so fantastic. So he's a, so he's a 1.3 AAV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So math guy but anyway so uh yeah that's a great signing man he's been fantastic for them got and the guys love him there too it's funny after he scores goals he smiles he's just fucking like no teeth oh yeah he's a beauty absolutely so on that on that mckinnon uh hit with hall too Mm -hmm. uh mckinnon broke his nose did he so that's why he was that's why he bled so much yeah i knew it was his nose or lip or something but yeah he was split but uh what do you think on the jeff carter signing I think it's a great signing for them. 1.3. Cheap too, eh? Yeah. And like he like he's doing very well for them too, right? Scored a couple goals the other night. Hey, what did you speaking of them? Malkin said he was willing to take a little bit of a pay cut. Yeah, for Latang, for Latang to stay because apparently Latang wants a raise. So uh just like fucking Crosby did for Malkin, right? So now Malkin's gotta play it forward. So same thing, the same thing. Lidstrom cut to keep Latang there. And um, Latang's a stud. I think he's what hasn't Latang played like 16 years in the yeah. NHL? Was, like, was, didn't he or the same there? team? Yeah, didn't he get there on the Ryan Whitney trade? Uh, I don't I know if it was the Ryan he... Whitney trade, but he came there right as Whit was leaving. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I think he was so. Involved. Yeah, I think you're right. He was in the trade because right. because Whit always talks about it, like how they traded him and they got. He always says, Chris, Chris Latang, whatever. Yeah, he's won three cups and shit, and shit while he's been there and this and that. But Witt always laughs about now. He laughs about it. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was involved in that trade. But, yeah, what a fucking steal that was. But, man, Chris Latang. talked about this, or maybe I heard it on a different podcast. I can't remember. Probably Chicklets. <laughs> but it was probably – I think it was Latang, Malkin, and Crosby are the longest playing – the together longest, group the longest I think, trio. It, I think it's 16 years yeah i want to say i heard it is 16 yeah you're right yeah i did hear that stat too somewhere that's impressive yeah 
That's awesome, to keep, man. To keep a, a core of that, those three mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of cups in there, right? Three. Three? Couple yeah. of three? Fuck, they could very well make it four this year, the way they're playing. Yep. They're like a one trade away from like right in there. Like they, they, they have a shot now, but they're like a trade away from, in which we all know that's probably a, a Marc-Andre Fleury trade. But. but but look how selfless these guys are, like fucking spreading the money around too, mm-hmm. right? Smart. You know, Crosby takes a, takes a pay cut and he scores more points than Malkin, but wants Malkin to stay, doesn't want him to go anywhere. And now Malkin's going, okay, well, I want Latang to stay. He's probably one of the best five defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't want him going anywhere, so I'll take a pay cut to give him more money. Yeah, why wouldn't you? They've all made enough. Fuck. Right, right. You got to right. figure they got endorsements, and he's got mm-hmm. uh, Putin's freaking credit card anyway. So who cares, yeah. <laughs> right? So, <Yeah. laughs> so it's all good, man. Yeah. Um, Longquist, they're getting uh, set to uh, retire his jersey, mm-hmm. and I seen a little video. I think I don't know if you did. You did you send me that? Or I think it was no. Steph. No, Steph sent me that. Steph sent me a thing of him just reflecting on uh, just the whole Rangers or like just how, how his whole time was there. And it was kind of chilling kind of what yeah. he was what he was saying, you know, because he said the first time he walked in into MSG and just looked up and he said the first thing I seen was just all the banners. And he just was talking about that and He's, and he said, like, when he was there the first night, that hopefully one day that his would be up there. Mm-hmm. Boom. Look what's happening. But I don't think he's happy. Like, he didn't get to go out the way he wanted to go out, no. right? He was kind of was, forced out. Yeah, because of his heart. Yeah. And then they got rid of him. The Rangers got rid of him to send him to Washington or whatever, where they found the, the problem, right? Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. Yeah. That, what, what an incredible goalie. And you don't get called the king for nothing, right? When, you got to when you come to think about it, that trade might have saved his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about this earlier, yeah. and I said the same thing. Or, I said or, like like earlier. Who episodes. knows if they would have missed it and they caught it? You know, yeah, like he, he could have dropped on the ice. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad that they did that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. Um. Before we do a little, well, we got a couple more things before I do a little this day in hockey with you again. I figured I'd bring that back every every few weeks or so keeps us on our toes a little bit um is it jake for mm-hmm. officially officially charged now with sexual assault right and that was that was a wasn't that a year ago or two years i ago? think so well, you know the ago? we were doing canadian the podcast, court so system, it was yeah. a year ago that yeah all that shit came out and then they basically got rid of him and he went to play in the khl and now it's it's all coming charged out with it yeah it's yeah. all coming to fruition so but he denies it like well, like you're gonna obviously yeah, of right? they do, but yeah. who knows who knows we'll see it's man terrible. we'll see shitty 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 um last thing before we get to uh we just kind of found out before we were coming on the air but the oilers are to officially sign evander kane yep so the way it sounds they're gonna do it yep we i think it it'll be a good move if he just comes in and plays hockey do you think it's a good move or do you think it's a bad move? It all depends if he can change like Cassian did. 
Yeah, not many for, guys can do that, eh? For whatever whatever they did there for Cassian, or m- maybe he just realized, you know, fuck, this is my last chance, you know? Like, I, I got to turn this shit around, and, and, and he obviously did, right? So, mm-hmm. good for him. I'm and, curious uh, to see how. And I, ho- I, hope, I hope this works out for Kane, too, because how many teams are you going to go through mm-hmm. before you figure it out? Mm-hmm. I know, man. It's... I hope he, uh, I guess, um, it's always kind of laugh now that we have this show is because I literally just got two, um, messages from friends saying Evander Kane officially to the Oilers. (laughs) We're already all over it. Yeah. So that's what I said. I was like, well, I'm literally on the air right now and we're talking about it. So yeah, (laughs) beat you to it. Keep the change. Yeah, but, um, Robert, Robert already broke that story. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so it's by the way it sounds, it's going to happen. I think it, I personally, I think it's going to work out, and personally, I think that he might be the shot in the arm that the Oilers need. If and so, this could work out for everybody involved. So now, not only do you have to worry about Cassian making your eyes swell shut, now you got to worry about Evander Kane too. But they can both do that, and they can both score goals too. Fucking right. Good so now, now you can put now you can separate them. And if you have to separate Leo and Connor, you can just one goes with one, one goes with the other. Yeah, and they're not gonna hurt your line. Exactly. So Oilers could have a good thing going there, and they're the same thing too. They they're need one, something. They're they one something. of they've won two straight now, but they're one of those teams too that they're like they're a trade away. They need goaltending, but they're a trade away, and they're probably the second team in the league that could use a Mark Andre Fleury trade. Yeah. So it's going to be whoever gets to him first. Personally, I, he's saying I'm just concentrating on playing games here with the Blackhawks, da, 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 da. but come on. If a team can use him at the deadline, I can see him moving. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, so are you ready for a little on this day in hockey history before we go to our beaut of the week and then wrap up the episode? Yep. Hit me. So on this day in hockey history, which would be January 28th, the day that this episode drops. So 1968, Terry Sawchuk makes 27 saves for his 101st career shutout in the Kings victory over Philly. It was his first shutout with the Kings. He extended his NHL record of 19 seasons in a row with at least one shutout. Wow. So that's pretty crazy stat. 1984, Wayne Gretzky's 51-game point streak came to an end with when the Kings kept him off the sheet, um, and the Oilers lost 4-2 that night. So ended a 51-game point streak. That's got to suck. In yep. ni- 1986, Dennis Potvin with the Islanders set um, set the NHL career goals by a I think he played. Did he play a re- yeah, he was a he was a D-man. So he set the record for 271 goals by a D-man and a 9-2 win over the Leafs. Potvin passed Bruins great, Bobby Orr. Oh. So that was in 1986. 1990 rolls around January 28, 1990. Mario Lemieux scored in the third and a Penn 7-2 loss to the Sabres to give him 100 points for the sixth year in a row. Mario also ties – he also tied the second longest streak for points at 39 games. And that. 
1992, Brett Hall, the second guy in NHL history to have back-to-back 50 goal seasons and 50 games or fewer. Can you guess who the other player was to do it? It's Gretzky. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say this should slap you right in the face. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, and he did it in 84, 84 and 85. Nice. And in 2018, Canucks, Brock Besser is named MVP of the All-Star Game in Tampa. He got the game-winning goal in the semis and added a goal and an assist in the final. Beauty. So, speaking of beauties, as everybody knows, now we do a little thing that we wrap up our show here with our beauty of the week. Rob, I'll let you go first. Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle. Yep. Just quick overcoming answer. all the stuff and 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 then putting one between his legs and mm-hmm. just and put a big oh, smile on my face. He, and, he's just a stud. And he went bar stud. Mexico with that yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. Like it was uh it was a beautiful goal. I'm gonna go um Dylan Strom of the Blackhawks got his first career hat trick last night against the Red Wings. Saw that. It was a it was a high scoring affair. The game ended eight five. The Red Wings ended up down four nothing. Came back. It was four to three, and then it was just. But it ended eight five. If you're betting overs right now, hammer overs in the NHL because they're hitting every freaking game. It's nuts right now. A lot of goals being scored. So I'm gonna go Strom of the Blackhawks on his first career hat trick against my Red Wings. Unfortunately, nice. So on that note, Rob, anything else? Nope. All right. Well. Aunt Rob signing off. We'll talk to you beauties next week. See ya. Peace. Yeah, I can get behind anything.